Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Monday morning. Excited to talk to you for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest in mixed martial arts. And boy, do we have a doozy to start the show. Uh, no guest, but the doozy will more than make up for it. I promise you. Let's just get into it and we will start the show. All right, guys. So PFL's given us the smart cage and all of those fancy statistics. They've rotated their commentary team. They seem to be set on their guys and gals now. You know, you have these panels with Ray Lewis and Wiz Khalifa and Tyron Woodley. And for the Challenger Series, the series in Europe, they're going to do something in Africa. But, man, this is a splash. Oh, by the way, they re-signed with ESPN a year ago. Um, USADA. They're innovative, man, but this one takes the cake. They bought, they acquired Bellator MMA. The announcement was done earlier today. Again, it's Monday, November 20th, so this is fresh and hot off the press. Yeah, I'm glad we we did our show this morning because this is a bombshell. It's going to shake up the landscape of mixed martial arts, but you know, right off the bat, from the little things that they've said, I mean, my mouth started watering when I heard champion versus champion. I think that's going to be a lot of fun and when you think about all of the talent that's coming over from bellator you know you got a, a very good number two here in the industry and there's a lot of fun matchups that we can create and uh hopefully this will end up being a good thing for fighters in the long run yeah so here's what we kind of know folks so far so i'll start with don davis's initial tweet and by the way uh bear in mind you know there's a shortage of characters so fully full sentences aren't used but i'm gonna read it like i see it new mma global powerhouse he's don davis pfl at don davis pfl two ends in don if you want to follow him our fighter roster equal to ufc both 30 percent top 25 world ranked fighters pfl launch reimagined bellator Bellator International Champion Series. Mega event for fans in 2024. PFL champs versus Bellator champs. Now, he, uh, some few, a few things have kind of played out from, you know, a couple hours ago till right now. One was he told ESPN that Coker, as well as his entire team, will have the opportunity to remain working with the Bellator brand going forward should they choose to do so. Also, Paramount will remain a minority stakeholder in the Bellator brand. So, Scott Coker as president of Bellator, I guess he can manage them still. You know, uh, I guess the matchmakers do what they do. Burt Watson does what he does. He's their fight coordinator and so on. Now, what we did here is that they're going to run as a show that's going to have eight one-off events in 2024. So, we don't know about if they get completely absorbed into PFL and then what happens to Coker and company, but at least 
while they're Bellator in 2024 in these eight events, they do have jobs. So that's kind of nice. You know, it gives you a whole year to figure things out uh, for Coker and team. And what we heard from Nolan King, our colleague, was that a lot of this had to do with because Bellator had existing agreements, contracts, uh, prerequisites, I guess, of Bellator in Europe and certain cities or destinations that they had to, you know, visit and comply with. So I think that's why you're getting this type of an announcement where Bellator is doing their thing for about a year. If you'll recall, Strikeforce did something sim similar. They were acquired in late 2011 and they ran as its own deal until uh, I think January or February of 2013. So a little bit over a year. And then their fighters officially became UFC fighters once they finished out contracts. So I think that's the same thing that's happening here. But either way it goes, I mean, we got answers to what's next for Bellator. And I imagine there'll be the slow trickle effect of an influx of talent from Bellator to PFL. Yeah, I'm curious to find out a little bit more about what, it, how exactly these Bellator shows are going to run. Because if you watched uh, this weekend's action, you did kind of notice Mauro Ranallo, Josh Thompson, uh, Big John McCarthy kind of saying their goodbyes in a sense. And if they are going to have future Bellator shows, I wonder if if they're saying Scott Coker still can still be a part of all this, can those guys still be a part of it? Because Bellator was such a big piece of the puzzle here with mixed martial arts. Their era, what they brought to the game was very unique. They did it for a very long time. They gave us some great fights, memorable fighters. And a lot of fighters, some that are even in the UFC now that are successful, came from Bellator. So I would have liked to have just kind of gone into an event knowing this is going to be the last one and kind of really soak it in. So I'm curious what's going to happen with some of those people. But uh, overall, I think this is uh, this is going to be a good thing for everyone. I think they'd be fools to not at least finish 2024 and in that time use it as an audition of some sort to, you know, integrate into the full stable. I'll give you an example there's been times where we've interviewed Randy Couture and said, boy, these next three in Atlanta are going to be amazing. And then he'll say, well, I can make the first two, but the last one I had this commitment. And so I imagine that's when they funnel in another name, you know, to, to, to do that. So I, that's kind of how I would do it. And maybe they get so big that they have two teams. I mean, there's a Brendan Fitzgerald, a John Anik. A uh, what's the name of the other guy? Dan Levy, I think is the name, or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, and a rotation of color commentators, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I, that's kind of how I would look at it. it. Is it's a job for now for a whole year, and then you got uh, a, you know, an opportunity to audition. And hey, we're talking about Beast Thompson Savvy. He's a former world champion, good looking kid. Does has been what, at least five years now as, ho as a host there. Uh, Big John McCarthy, possibly the greatest ref of all time or one of, and now a commentator that adds a lot, you know, to to his deal. Uh, Marlo Ranallo, I mean, I don't have that. to say enough about him. I mean, this guy's done the biggest fights in almost every combat sport you can think of. Yeah. So uh, I I just think that 
you know, I, I would I would tell PFL officials up your game, you know, because there's a few people out there that maybe some of them might might get moved in here into your spot. I don't know. Could be. I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of interesting aspects to what's going to happen and what's going to what our weeks are going to look like moving forward. Uh, there's there's times where the UFC doesn't always give us the most sexy card. You know, is is this new PFL tour? Are they going to push the UFC a little bit? to give us better cards on a weekly basis because when you look at Bellator and PFL's rosters together they can they can come up with some pretty interesting things that might sway us from watching uh the leader right now. Yeah. Agreed. Um obviously you want to go to MMA Junkie every day as is, but on a day like today every hour I'm sure there'll be more information regarding this acquisition of PFL. Sorry, of Bellator by the PFL. We got some answers going forward. And that's the important thing, because as of about 24 hours ago, nobody knew anything. I mean, Scott Coker didn't even show up to the post-fight press conference. And that was probably our last hope of hearing something. And if you followed Scott Coker over the years, he's actually pretty diplomatic. Very rarely does he tell you anything he's not supposed to which is probably probably a good thing for him but uh it's over it's over and now we have our answers and i think i'm excited about the future um immediately it runs as its own in the future by 2025 i mean that's when we can start seeing some really cool things happening and i can't imagine all of the roster is headed towards europe or other city i i bet you there's going to be a few that can start already coming in you know i don't know if they'll be a part of the regular season or the pay-per-view series but um i I, like i said it reminds me a little bit of what strike force did a few years ago and i think that's the same thing that's going to happen i mean for those that don't know scott coker was the head of strike force so this probably is friendly territory to him now to be fair with him, he did have a job running Strike Force, and then when it was done for two years, he couldn't do anything, and that's why it took him a while to take that job that Bjorn Revney had, uh, and then he became the guy. But for two years, he was just kind of out of the uh, out of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was part of the UFC's buyout of Strike Force, and then when he was able to, and the opportunity was available, he took over Bjorn Revney. But anyway, look. There has been some tweeting and some reaction to all this goes by others, right? Others in the in the MMA sphere. You want to hear it? Sure. So Brad Okamoto says PFL has acquired Bellator for the promotion and chairman Don Davis. Bellator will continue as a separate reimagined brand. All Bellator fighters will be available to compete in PFL fight franchises. So the younger guys, maybe they get into that challenger series, which if you win it, you have a chance to get into the regular season. That's where Braga comes from. He's the guy fighting Pineda in the featherweight championship. Uh, you can fight for PFL Europe. You can fight in the pay-per-view series. I mean, I really doubt Cyborg's going to go through a season, but she might go straight to pay-per-view. Jake Paul says the takeover. This is, this is a great day for all PFL and Bellator fighters and MMA fans. The stronger we get, the more opportunities there are for everyone. Sean O'Connell, let's go. Huge moves yet again. 
Randy Costa, huge for MMA. He's still with the UFC, right? Or did he get cut? I think he might have got cut. He got cut. He actually uh, he fought on, I think, Gamebred's thing. And he, That's right. he beat That's right. Uh, Jason Knight. Yeah. Josh Thompson, the aforementioned. He says, excited for the fighters and the new challenges they'll face with the merging of rosters. What fights do you want to see them make first? What's a, site, what's a fight you want to see them make first, Goes? I want to see Francis Ngannou fight Ryan Bader. That's a nice one. I like it. Jake yeah, Paul I says, I can't wait to get in the cage and axe, axe kick this fool. Nate Diaz, stop making excuses. 2024. And you know what, Goes? Nate Diaz has always been friendly with Scott Coker. I wonder if this is the little nudge you might need if you wanted to do that. Although I find it hard that if Conor McGregor is available, they don't just do that third fight, which would make them both a lot of money. Yeah, I don't know, man. I go back and forth on that. Like, they just, I guess I'm a little past that fight now. I, I kind of don't care about it. The ship sailed? Yeah. What does it prove at this point? They, they don't even seem like the same fighters they were back then. If you're on that ship goes and it's taking off and you're waving, right? Mm-hmm. And you see Jake Paul and Nate Diaz going, wait, you left us. Are you kind of giving them hand signals like take a speedboat, get back on? Or are you just going bon voyage? We're, we're fucking out of here. Like that, you know, are you really that over it or are you kind of bullshitting? You talking about Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I throw like that little life preserver into the water. <laughs> Whoever gets it, fine. But for the you most don't part, don't tell them to maybe hop on a private jet to Catalina and they can embark over there. <laughs> nah, no, all right. I'd rather see Connor fight someone else. Poirier for the fourth time, Max for the second time, Chandler for the first time. Who? Who's your Chandler. leading candidate? Chandler for sure. Yeah, there's nothing like a fresh matchup. That fight might be so good that we want to see a second one of that one, right? You never know. You never know until it goes down, and then all of a sudden you're like, holy cow, what was I thinking? Uh, A few more reactions here. John Nash, who's kind of a a financial guru, legal guru at, at times, covers the sport for Bloody Elbow. He says the combined PFL Bellator roster now has 30% of its fighters who are ranked top 25 in the world by Fight Matrix. That's the same as UFC has in their roster. I'm going to have to double-check this later, but I'm almost positive this isn't true. Okay, so what he's doing is he's going off a quote that was given by uh, mm-hmm. Don Davis, and I would agree with John Nash. As someone who covers the rankings, I'm very familiar with our USA Today Sports MMA Junkie rankings, and that's primarily, heavily UFC. There might be an Invicta fighter or two left only because they've been getting phased out little by little. So many WMMA fighters started at Invicta, right? Mm-hmm. They have a history there, but currently there, no. Nah, I don't think there's many left, if any. Uh, one championship has a few. PFL has a couple. Bellator has more than those two. But, yeah, it's it's not. 30%. So Fight Ghost says PFL overcomplicating things again. <laughs> Championship series, PFL versus Bellator, blah, blah, blah. Stop trying to do the out the UFC with wild ideas. Hopefully, some of these great Bellator fighters eventually end up in the UFC. PFL is going to have a lot of these guys sitting on the shelf. Is that you agree with Fight Ghost? I don't. Ghost. No, I don't agree with that at all. 
I think they're gonna for okay. The PFL stands at the top of a building and shouts a lot, right? They're always trying new things. They're thinking outside the box. They're bringing people that we would never imagine to the sport. They bring them, but they've kind of backed it up so far, right? Haven't they? I mean, Clarissa Shield did get in the cage. She did fight. Francis Ngannou looks like he will compete. Like, I, I don't know if it's financially if they're making the right decisions, but whatever they're saying they're going to do, they tend to do it. So I'm I'm okay with this. I, I think there are going to be plenty of opportunities for all these fighters to get their fights in. And when you think about it, you know, there's a lot of people that stand to benefit from this. Like, how about a, a guy like uh, Lorenz Larkin? How long has he talked about, man, I can't get it. I can't get no love. I can't get a title shot. Well, now you don't need to politics, right? You just earn it in the PFL. You could do it that way. When you look at Kayla Harrison and Chris Cyborg, how many times have we heard them going back and forth at each other? Now they can put that fight together. Now mm-hmm. Francis Ngannou's got more of a pool to deal with. Uh, as where a couple of weeks ago, they were saying, we don't even know if we have anything for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think fight goes probably. I love his passion. I hear what he's saying. There's this feel to when you call an airline or a credit card and they go, for this, press one, for this, press two, so that we can get you in the right department. How about the answer to this question and that question? And then you're like, just fucking give me the customer service, right? And I mm-hmm. think that's what fight goes to saying is enough with europe and challengers i just want to see vader and nganu i just want to see pitbull against the winner of Pineda and braga i just want to see mckee against the winner. you know i think that's what he's getting to patience fight goes is all i'll say just think back to strike force and ufc took him a while but then once it happened it was pretty sweet um let's see let's see how this plays out i imagine they just wanted to get the announcement out of there go so they probably just gave you a really really rough draft of what their real plans are yeah, I would imagine that's the case. Um, you know, I think they're supposed to have a press conference today, so there'll be an opportunity for people to ask them questions, and hopefully they elaborate a little bit more on some of these situations. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so remember, you can always check back with MMA Junkie for the latest news. As soon as we hear something, we'll put something up. That's what Junkie does. I mean, we average, I think, a story every... 15 20 minutes it's literally the site to go to if you're an mma fan and i would encourage you to get the free app that's available on all smartphones and tablets if people still use those and also lock in on our social media instagram facebook twitter youtube all of them very very full of pertinent content and that's where you can catch the spinning back click show uh, every Monday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, you can go to our official page on Facebook, which is facebook.com, official MMA junkie, or official junkie, I believe it is. Or you can go to YouTube, youtube.com forward slash MMA junkie video. All right. Well, if anything creeps in your mind or you hear anything goes about that, just let me know. What did you think about Bellator 301? I guess now we do know that that was their final card under paramount or at least majority state paramount we have two new world champions uh jason jackson defeated yaroslav amosov who was 27 and 0 going into this fight so you know habib Nurmagomedov's like the 72 dolphins 
you know, uh, one uh, of the greats. I mean, I'm sure there's some undefeated fighters out there that are done with the sport, like Robert Robert Drysdale, for example. I think he's eight and zero, ten and zero, never lost. But the stature of Habib being a world champ, Yaroslav Amosov is no longer in that exclusive club. I think Bellator went out on a high note. That was a very fun card. Um, I think uh, the last two fights delivered. I didn't get a chance to really talk about this too much. We did spinning back click this morning. And because of what happened here with uh, the PFL and Bellator, we didn't really get to touch too much on just the card itself. The card itself was a lot of fun. I thought Patchy Mix took a big step forward in kind of making his mark, not just in Bellator, but in the world, saying he could possibly be the best bantamweight in the world. And then Jason Jackson, just what, what, what a surprise, man. The way that fight was going uh, for him to catch him and then get that finish to have the fight IQ to get in there and get it done. That's pretty amazing work from him because uh, Amosov is a very, very tough customer. I love the way he finished him because he was so precise and he made every strike count. He kept sprawling every time the other guy was trying to get a hold of his leg. And he kept getting different angles, not to hit the back of the head. You know, sometimes you get the warning from the ref. He's touching that ear. He's catching that chin with the uppercut. It was really, really surgical. Um, congrats to Jason Jackson, who's way better than I remember. This is a guy that got turned down at uh, Dana White Contender Series, you know. But he mm -hmm. put in some work, and he's looked good. And how about Jamaica, man? Another world champion for them. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, definitely. And and there's been a lot of fighters that are either world champions or climbing the ranks uh, over at, you know, UFC. And I know this took place at Bellator, but that was really, really outstanding. And one would think, heck, that might have been the best performance of the night, right? Because he finished the guy who defeated a guy who was undefeated. But yet old Patchy Mix, let's recap his 2023. He wins the Grand Prix. He wins the Grand Prix belt. He wins a million dollars for winning the Grand Prix. He wins the interim title. And now he unifies with the undisputed champion, Sergio Pettis, and defeats him. All finishes, by the way. And so he's got three belts and a million dollars. And he's saying he's the best bantamweight in the world right now. And with the loss of Aljamain Sterling uh, a few months ago, I want to talk about this, goes. Uh, first of all, his performance over Sergio. Touch on that, and then we'll let's compare some notes with Patchy Mix and Sean O'Malley. I got I got their resumes here next to each other. Well, Sergio Pettis is just was on defense the whole time. He was just trying to catch up. He was one step behind Patchy Mix every single time. And so for Patchy, again, he showed the wrinkle of being able to knock someone out, knock someone out, and and also we all know his ground game is pretty devastating. So very well-rounded and he just took the fight to sergio sergio couldn't really do much he was on defense the entire fight i thought that was such a cool move off the cage how he got him down and then able to cinch in that choke uh that dude is something else patchy mix is, is a player for sure and here's how they match up patchy mix is 19 and 1 overall patchy mix is an undisputed champion he did hold the interim belt he won the grand prix like i mentioned uh, earlier of his 19 wins two have come by knockout and three by 13 by submission so he's finished nine sorry 15 of his 19 fights only four have gone to decision 
He has lost one fight to former champion Juan Archuleta. That was six fights ago. So he went 13-0, lost to Archuleta, and then now he started a six-fight win streak, um, which is basically the most of the run here of the of the Grand Prix. Sean O'Malley is 17-1. He's finished his fights 12 by KO, one by submission. So he's got 13 out of 17. Going back to mix, he's got 15 out of 19. Very similar. They both have lost that one time. O'Malley hasn't lost in six fights. Three, sorry, five have been wins. One was a no contest, the accidental eye poke of Pedro Munoz. Uh, now, here's where, here's where it gets interesting. One would think, yeah, man, but O'Malley's in the UFC, baby. What's up? Okay, well, let's look at some of the names. O'Malley in the UFC is defeated, and we're not disrespecting anyone. These are all high-level fighters one way or another. If you're fighting in the UFC, you know, you deserve credit. But here, they're not the higher-ranked fighters. Andre Sukumthaw, Jose Alberto Quinones, Eddie Wineland, Thomas Almeida, Chris Moutinho, Halion Paiva, Pedro Munoz. That's the fight that ended in no contest. Pewter Jan and Aljo Sterling. Now, I don't think anyone's got a problem with the last two, but the first six or seven that I ran through goes, that's not the higher echelon, right? Yeah, no, I mean, look, if you're going to ask who who has the better resume, who's the better fighter, if Sean O'Malley raises his hand, within seconds, somebody's going to raise their hand. His name is Cheeto Vera. He's going to say, I just beat you not that long ago. You don't really have that scenario with Patchy Mix because Juan Archuleta, it's not like he's on a 10-fight win streak or something like that, right? So Sean O'Malley, uh, some of those guys that he's fought, I mean, no disrespect to them, but they're just not at the highest of the levels. And you look at the Jan fight, like a lot of people had that going the other way. So even then, you can kind of poke holes. Like I feel like when you look at Sean O'Malley's game, his overall game, we still have questions. I don't know that we have questions with Patchy Mix. It's it's uh, his game speaks for itself. Patchy has submitted or finished, I should say, five of his last six. And here are the names for Patchy Mix. Um, I'll basically go through his Bellator run. Right, Ricky Bendejas, Isaiah Chapman, Yuki Montoya, Albert Morales. It's not till we get to James Gallagher, who, by the way, hasn't really panned out like we thought he would. So I might even say, hmm, you know, you're still part of another group. But then we get to Kyoji Horiguchi, Magomed Magomedov, Raytheon Stotts, and Sergio Pettis. Those are some decent names. Now, none of those. I'm not going to try and sell you that any of those are Peter Jan or Aljamain Sterling, but they're not a bad foursome. And again, he finished those guys. No controversies, whereas you did get a little bit of a controversy with Peter Jan. Here's what we're saying, and I'll let Go speak for himself, but here's what I'm saying, I guess. It's not crazy for Mix to suggest he's the best Bantamweight on the planet. That's all I'm saying. Now, it's up to you all to decide who is. We're not running a poll here, right? But we wanted to give you as much information for you to think about it. I don't think it's the blowout on either side. Definitely not from the UFC side, that just because they're in the UFC, it's Sean O'Malley. Maybe some of you will disagree. I don't know. But their resumes are pretty, pretty close. Neither guy's defended their title yet. I mean, uh, Mix just won it, for crying out loud, two days ago. But O'Malley's, you know, a few days, uh, sorry, a few months removed from it. And his first matchup will be against the guy that he did lose to in mm -hmm. uh, Cheeto Vera. Yeah. Uh, I, me, personally, I, I say he is. I really... Uh... 
I really believe that. And even if Sean O'Malley comes into this next fight and gets a win, he avenges the loss. I still feel that way. Like I, I, I don't know. You'd have to completely destroy Cheeto Vera to get me to change my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. And again, Mix is part of Bellator, which just got acquired by uh, PFL. And PFL doesn't have a bantamweight division, so we, we, one, one thing's for sure: we know he's not going into the regular season over there unless they bring, you know, unless they create that. Which I don't know why they haven't, by the way, especially if you're acquiring mm-hmm. Bellator, but. Remember, we don't know the all the particulars as to why they're running it the way they are as a franchise or whatever. I'm sure Bell, I'm sure PFL is well aware that Bantamweight is a hot weight class with a lot of talent. So we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll see how that can run. But what I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't even know who Mix's next opponent would be. Um, he just beat Pettis. He just beat Stotts. I know Stotts wants to run it back. By the way, he beat Danny Savatello. For the second time at Bellator 301, but uh, that's that's the more complicated thing for Bellator, PFL, one championship, other fighters. When you are at the top, it's hard to continue proving it to us. Whereas a guy like Sean O'Malley, he might have what Cheeto Vera, Marab Davalashvili, and we'll say the winner of Sterling and Cejudo. I don't know. He he could have a 2024 that completely shuts down this argument. But right now, it's it's a coin flip. What's that? It's killer after killer. Yeah exactly yeah so um congrats to mix congrats to jackson they go out as final bellator champions it appears well no i guess bellator is going to run for one year as bellator to be fair maybe the maybe someone else takes them out we don't know but uh at least this particular era of them being independent just under paramount there they go out as final champions here's the rest of the card uh, so Raytheon Stotts defeated Danny Sabatello for the second time. AJ McKee took out Sydney Outlaw. Uh, Alexander Shabley, he defeated Patricky Fady. This was a lightweight Grand Prix semifinal. So Shabley, under normal conditions, would face Usman Nurmagomedov, who was A, the other semifinal winner over Brett Primus, and B, he's also the undisputed champion. Remember, the champion defends along the way. However, he got in some trouble last week because of a undisclosed um tue exemption he says it was an oversight but either way six months he'll be out of the game and he's got to pay back some money and uh get additional testing going forward now i don't know how that's going to work out but that's here's one thing that's for sure he's here's a great question for the press conference goes do these bellator fighters go under usada now that they're with pfl remember pfl's with usada now and if they do then Usman and Magomedov will have an excellent way of clearing his name because USADA is about as strict as it gets. Uh, that said, the UFC is leaving USADA and they're going with a new outfit. And they claim, obviously, that they is as good as it gets. But who knows? Uh, point is, Shavoli, uh he's a finalist. We just don't know against who. We don't know if they wait the six months out. We don't even know if that plays out. I think it will with Bellator still having a year uh, out there. McKee saying, I was the alternate, put me in coach. Who knows what's going to happen? But that I would love for that to be asked in their press conference uh, today. Or you said it's today? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Uh, Denise Kielholtz won. Archie Colgan won. Timur Kizriev won. Carrie Melendez stays undefeated, goes. She won. Gilbert Melendez's mm-hmm. wife, who fights on and off, but she's never lost. 
And uh, I believe those were kind of the big names that were left out there. Tim Wilde, Cody Law. Uh, yeah, nice card for them to exit on. Yeah. Over in the in the UFC, the UFC is going, what about us? Because I'm going to shut up about Bellator and PFL all, all morning. What about us? All right. Well, uh, you know they'll have a big announcement soon. Yeah, exactly. Like Swan in the movie Warriors said, well, what about you? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Brendan Allen defeated Paul Craig. Allen's on a roll, eight out of nine. He says he wants the title. Eliminator next. Might be too soon for him, but what'd you think of that fight? I thought it was great. I thought it was a great performance from the beginning to the end. Everything he did this week was money. Uh, the actual fight, he dominated. There was never any situation where you felt like, you know, obviously if you're in uh, Paul Craig's guard, you're, I think he, he's got the record, right, for triangle chokes. Like, you're worried a little bit, but Brendan did a good job of staying out of trouble, and eventually he got the submission victory. So the dude, top to bottom, had a fabulous weekend, and I think he has every right to call out some of the people that he's called out, call his own shot. He deserves to do that, and he should do that. It's good that he did it. Now, can he get what he asked for? You know, the UFC is weird, man, and depending on certain circumstances, you just never know. But right now, I think it probably makes sense for him to get one more fight and then fight for the title. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think he's at least two away, maybe even three, man. Look, you got Vittori. Really? You got Cannoneer. You got Whitaker. At any point, the return of Adesanya, uh, Shemaev, I mean, Uzman, if he decides to say a middleweight, and promises were made to him and Shemaev. I don't know, man. I just, I don't see him fighting, like, unless it was Whitaker or Shemaev, then, yeah, should he win that, he would get the winner of Strickland versus Duplessis. But I just see him getting, I mean, there's Delice, uh, probably even not, Ocosta, Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I just think it. I think he's at least that one fight away. I don't know, but yeah, I like it, that Costa fight. I think that's the fight that should happen. Yeah, possibly. Um, Michael Morales, sixteen and zero, the Ecuadorian fighting out of Tijuana, Mexico. He defeats the Australian Jake Matthews. Unanimous decision there. Chase Hooper defeated Jordan Levitt. Peyton Talbot defeated Nick Aguirre. Amanda Hivas defeated Luana Pinedo. Great comeback in that fight. Uh, Mick Tickpick Orolabai defeated Uros Medic. Joe Anderson Brito defeated Jonathan Pierce. Jose Johnson defeated Chad Anhaliger. Uh, Christian Duncan defeated Dennis Tulalan. Mick Parkin defeated Kyle Machado. Jekka Saregi, Saregi, excuse me, defeated Lucas Alexander. Aileen Perez defeated Lucy. Pudilova, Nicholas Mata defeated Trey Ogden, and Rafael Estevam defeated Charles Johnson. Well, you're right, Go. Some of these fight nights, God almighty, man. They they uh, really put us through the ringer, man, in terms of, like, who are these people? Right. I enjoyed uh, Amanda Hebus's fight. Well, we talked about awesome. this. One of my yeah. favorites. Going in, we talked about, like, she's now transcended to the, the point where you don't even care who she's fighting. You just know it's going to be fun. Round one was not going her way. She was getting tagged. Like her face was mauled. Uh, like she had swelling on both sides. She had a cut. It was really, really bad. But she got she got it through it. She got through it. And uh, props to her, you know, getting that finish. 
The announcers were right, though, man. Both Dominic Cruz and Paul Felder were saying, you got to move your head. I mean, she's just, she was getting hit with the same combo. She was kind of getting hit with the straight and then a hook. Um, and it was repetitive by Pinedo, and Pinedo throws some heat. You know, she lumped her up pretty good, man. Yeah. So that's why it was such a great comeback, because she clearly lost that fight, or sorry, that round 10-9, scored a 10-9 in round two, and then got the finish in round three. And I got to say, goes. I think I've said this before, just not in a while. I love round three finishes. I don't know. Something about the fight playing out, both fighters throwing all their tools at each other, and then someone gutting it out. And you know what's even better? I mean, a clean KO is obviously a thing of beauty, but there is something to when someone just pummels the other one and the ref gets in there at the right time and they both live the fight another day and you don't get that complete full concussion you know what i mean but this mm -hmm. fight i just thought was amazing wasn't it uh one of my favorite finishes later in the fight and it might have been round three was chandler and alvarez the first time they fought in bellator yeah that one's four uh i remember that one yeah um uh, same day as henderson versus hua mm -hmm. which was like in november of 2011 if i'm not mistaken but uh yeah, that, that 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 one's a classic for sure. All right, so you got the results, and let's get to these bonuses. Sorry, um, the bonuses. For some reason I put Brenda Allen, and it <laughs> threw me off here. Sorry, let me get this real fast because I had it and I lost it. The bonuses for UFC Fight Night two thirty two. Jeez. That's a lot of fight nights. Uh, they went to Brendan Allen, Amanda Hibas, Joe Anderson Brito, and Jer Jekka Saragi. I don't have the time and energy to today to get into you know all the finishers should have got one or whatever. There wasn't a fight of the night, but if there was one, I think I would have given it to Pinedo and Hibas. That was a pretty damn good fight. Um, there was a couple that were pretty solid. Uh, Aguirre and Talbot was pretty interesting. But they decided to go with just four finishers. And overall, there was, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine finishers. So I know Dan Tom, our good buddy, would say, do you really need to get one to Brendan Allen? He's probably already getting paid handsomely. It was pretty mm -hmm. slick to submit a it was nice. uh, slick su submitter himself. But I see, I love Dan's point of, like, you could change other people's lives who maybe you're looking for that one bump you know and then all of a sudden they can go to superstar i i just take it to a higher level and say reward them all yeah yeah we'll have to see mm -hmm. they have um, that change yeah so those were the two fight cards from this past weekend this weekend we got pfl 10 2023 2023 it's the finals um because we haven't talked about this, but I think are we on the hook for the second show this week? Mm, what do you mean? Well, we do Monday, Thursday, but a lot of times we oh. do Wednesday night. Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah, it's too late to probably not do it, so you know us. We'll just commit to it and do it, but PFL 10 2023 is this Friday. It's a pay-per-view. $49.99, including six title fights and some pivotal matchups that include Kayla Harrison versus Aspen Ladd, Ray Cooper the third versus Derek Brunson. Now, 
the Pineda fight versus Braga. That, by the way, is free. It's not on the pay-per-view portion because of the Harrison fight is. But even Brunson versus Cooper, that's on the undercard as well. So you get those for free. And then $49.99 on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I endorse it, man. I endorse it. I know a lot of you are going to be out there for Black Friday doing your thing. You know, loading up on spoiling yourself and getting an early start on Christmas. But it really is a pretty solid card. And a lot of times it's all about just being home with family, watching some football. And now we have the option to watch some MMA. Do you like better what they've done there? Or did you like that New Year's Eve deal that they used to do a few years back? I remember I enjoyed the last uh, the last pay-per-view you know, that we ordered. I just remember everybody having a good time and this one definitely on paper i think it's worth it why not mm-hmm. yeah um cost you more to go out like to the movies or something with someone that'll at least cost you 60 bucks or something you ain't lying i remember five bucks could get two people in back in the day um those were silent movies or what no but it was like you know the matinee when you yeah, go, if you're under 12 it. and then throw in the matinee, I think you could get in for like a buck each or two bucks each. And then we would abuse it and watch like three movies. Start at 12, get out at 2, 2.30, another one starting out, get out at 4.30, play some games, some popcorn, get in on the next one around 6, get out at 8, be home. Be home by 9. I had a friend that used to work the there. He'd just pretend to rip your ticket. Like you just hand him like a little note card or something, you know? And he'd mm-hmm. pretend to rip it, and then you just walk in. And during his break, he would even bring you popcorn and snacks, and it was legit. Damn, I like that. Which uh, which theater was it? The one on MacArthur and Bristol. Do you remember that one? Now there's like a twenty four hour fitness or something there. Oh yeah, kind of. Yeah, I think that was they, they just call it the Bristol Edwards, right, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, goes a lot of times we stray off from MMA and just talk about other stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind, I think F one was pretty damn big. What'd you think yeah. of it all? Now that we went to a few nights, you went to all three, I went to two, but the race itself, the experience, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely amazing. It was like uh, walking into Disneyland for the first time, just seeing the cars and how big they actually are and the speeds that they travel. Pretty damn legit. And then seeing the, the days before, you get to actually see how much preparation goes into every race, right? Trying the different tires, coming in on turns a little differently, you know, wider, more narrow. There's so much that they're trying to work out so that when it comes to actual race night, they have a good feeling of what strategy and and how they're going to race. And I actually rewatched it again yesterday when I got home, and there were quite a few passes. Like they the the course that they constructed here in Vegas actually worked out really well, and to have that straightaway right in front of the Bellagio, that was legit, man. And then the way the race ended was was cool too. They're getting up to two hundred and fifteen miles an hour. I heard on that big straightaway insane yeah to go from that to having to just break god that's that's to me that was always the scary part anytime i've gone fast in the car is i wasn't so much scared of the speed other than hey i could get a ticket i suppose but it was just 
you have to break enough times to get used to breaking and knowing when, you know, to come off it. But mm -hmm. yeah, I had a blast. I want to give a shout out to our aunt Dixie. She mm -hmm. set it up. Dixie from Tennessee. How about that? I know two Dixies in Tennessee. Dan Stubbs' mom is a Dixie, and then our aunt is a Dixie. Um, but yeah, she's the one that allowed us to to go. It was great to see her. Um, and then a lot of you probably already know our mom's still in Peru and she's undergoing a surgery today. Keep her in your thoughts and prayers. Um, by the time you hear this show, she'll probably be out. And because she's a healthy 80-year-old woman, obviously we're expecting a full recovery, but uh it's something that crept up this past weekend that we weren't we were not expecting. I just left her the day the day before in Peru. Otherwise, I'd be right there holding her hand if I could through the surgery. But um, yeah, I was just there for a month and now I'm back here. And so she's there. She's in the hands of our wonderful family. And soon one of us from the Garcia side will be traveling there to be there because it'll be a little bit of a um, recovery of after talking to the doctor today, a full recovery, probably three months. But the most important part when you can kind of get on your feet and uh, just not be in a bed, uh, that's probably the two to three week, uh, two to three week mark, I guess. Uh, we can wheel her around in a wheelchair and, and things like that, but um, she's going to have to go through a little bit of a, of a rehab. It's, it's in her hip. She had a fall and she fractured her hip. So um, luckily it's not a shattered hip. It's not a, um, hip replacement, but yet it's still a serious thing. And as she is a senior, so please keep her in your thoughts and prayers. Yeah, we'd appreciate that. This is a very difficult time, us being here and her being there, having to go through all that. It's been very rough on everyone, but especially her. Yeah, no doubt. She loves her freedom. She likes to just be able to get in the car and go to the stores and, you know, do the stuff that well not just women like to do but people like to do right not just kind of be stuck in her house she's a free bird and um i know she was looking forward to the holidays and all that but this is just the hand that we've been dealt and we will power through one way or another so those of you that have already known about this uh, our posts on social media we see them all i don't know if we can get to them all but thank you for your um comments your thoughts your prayers everything we really really appreciate it all right, guys. Well, listen, um, we know that PFL is this week. We'll talk about it more on Thursday show. This PFL and Bellator news, you know, we shared a lot on Spinning Backlick that we can point people towards. That's our weekly show, Noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. It's live. We just finished it a little while ago. And it's available on our YouTube channel right now. If you missed some of it, as soon as uh, you're done with this and you want some more along with our colleagues, you can check it out. Hit the like and subscribe button, if you will. It even works during the replay, not just when we're on live. So that's all we uh, ask is that you maybe help us out with that. Congrats to Jason Jackson and Patchy Mix. I think they really, really rose to the occasion. Same with Brendan Allen. Can't say enough about it. Even though I don't think he's next or or that close, he still is definitely making his way. Um, one last thing I want to leave you with goes is McGregor. Uh, there was a story that came out last week. I, I guess his coach, John Cavanaugh, did the MMA Hour or some other media and then said, we're hearing no longer April, 
now they're pushing us to the summer and it sounded like international fight week so it sounds like that takes them out of ufc 300 which was supposed to be april and remember that rush we had we're like hey bro if you want to fight in march you better get back in usada in september if you want to fight in april you better get back in usada in october you know all that remember all that well there was this big rush to do it and he did it but now they're pushing them back to uh july what, what, what are your thoughts on all that it didn't really affect me all too much like because for the last i don't know six months it's just been like i'll believe it when i see it right i'm tired of getting my hopes up high here with conor mcgregor i, I think it's ridiculous that we even have to wonder who he's gonna fight or whether that, that should just be set in stone i know dustin poise put his hand up uh who doesn't want to fight him at this point but i feel like michael chandler's earn that spot so you know if you have to wait a couple more months dude we've already waited this long it's it's not obviously it's not affecting the ufc you see them they just keep chugging along big card after big card creating new stars along the way so that's just the machine but it does have this little vibe of not to sound like a hater but i don't even care anymore it's just like give me the date and I'll worry about it on fight week. But honestly, I just don't even care anymore. You know, we got a dominant champion in Islam Makashev. We have huge news with PFL and Bellator to keep me company. And those guys like Poye and Chandler and Bobby Green and Gagey and everyone else, get Holloway, anyone else that could be a potential McGregor opponent. Who else? Who Diaz. Yeah. All those would be great fights, but because he's been away for so long, it's just like, when we get to it, we'll get to it. It's almost like someone telling me, bro, the NFL schedule's out for 2024. I heard the Niners face the Chiefs in week one. I'd be like, okay, great, but we're in 2023. <laughs> this season's playing out still. You know, me vale madre is what's going to happen next September. Right. Yeah, I could see that. I mean... I'm a little like that too. Let's just uh, let's just see it, man. Who cares? Let's just get to something. They say that the strategy is that UFC 300 will be so epic because of the round number and probably a couple of champions. The UFC just doesn't need them to head and doesn't need McGregor to headline. And plus, would you really have McGregor headlining your 300 card um, ahead of title fights, right? Because he's not going to be in a title fight. Mm-hmm. So you probably just want him to individually headline a card. And maybe that's why they're focusing him on International Fight Week. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I think we covered enough. And so uh, we're going to bounce on out of here a little early. We've definitely gone over many times for you all in the past. So uh, thank you, as always, for your support. And we'll talk to you soon on the next episode of MMA Junkie Radio. I believe it's the longest-running active MMA radio show consistently, by the way. Yeah, no disrespect to the others. There are brothers. Is Sound Off still on, by the way, goes and Sure Dog? I mean, I think they're still producing work, so. but not those original shows, right? That keep an episode count. Right. No, I don't think so. Yeah, but we're proud of that. Anyway, uh, enjoy your day. We'll talk to you soon. Go out and be a champion. <laughs>